The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Before I went into my ministerial studies, us fledgling students were brought together to do uh, an intensive guided visualization in order to uh, discover our spirit guides. Anyone here have spirit guides? And what I believe for sure is that there's many layers to who we are. And for me, there's, there's who I think I am, and there's that divinity within me, and they kind of have a rapport. They can communicate. That divine within you can communicate with who you think you are. Uh, it doesn't necessarily speak in your language, but it can speak through images, uh, through feelings, through that depth of wisdom. And so in this meditation, we were being guided to visualize a um, peaceful, uh, spiritual setting, a place where we felt totally safe and relaxed. And we were supposed to then take a deep breath and see emerge from the light our spirit guides. And uh, to put it lightly, what I saw was a little strange. And so the meditation uh, wrapped up and I'm thinking to myself, please don't make a share, please don't make a share. And... (laughs) The facilitator uh, goes in and says, Who, who'd like to share first? And so we're, we're going around the, the room, and some people have had some very powerful experiences. Someone saw uh, Jesus, someone saw Mother Mary, someone saw an ancient Buddhist monk, someone saw their, their great-great-grandmother that they had never met, but they, they experienced them communicating with them. And uh, the facilitator turned to me and said, How about you, Josh? I said, do, do, do I have to share? And he said, no, but that meant yes. <laughs> and I said, well, I visualized a beautiful beach setting, and there were benches and plants growing. It was really awesome. And then who appeared out of the, the water uh, so stunning and so large was Gumby. <laughs> the beautiful green claymation figure of my childhood. Interesting. So did, uh, did Gumby say anything to you? Yes. Do you want to share what that was? No. Well, come on. Yes, Gumby looked at me and he said, Just be yourself, Josh. And as I look back upon it now, I realize that, that Gumby's a great spirit guide. He's kind, loyal, friendly and, uh, you know, good to know that just right here, you know, Pokey and Prickles and Goo come around sometimes too. But it's, it's incredible how the divine can seek to communicate with us through whatever means our mind is, is open to understanding. And that's what I want to talk about today is how to better hear the divine when it, when it calls us. Uh, something I'm calling today the, the divine commotion which in short is really about the call to develop an inward life, to go within. And you know you want to heed the divine commotion when you're feeling a lot of surface in your life, but perhaps not a lot of depth. You know, when you have a lot of pleasures, but not that that inward deep joy. When you have a lot of plans, but not that that whole sense of, of gratitude for your life. That's when the divine commotion is is coming forward. And for me, the divine commotion doesn't speak to us in a loud bang. 
it doesn't speak to us through exterior means or if some have called it the cosmic two by four that's supposed to wake us up to our spirituality. But for me, and I can only share from my experience, it speaks with a, a silent yearning, a kind of quiet ache with, with this kind of feeling of a, of a slight emptiness, but, it, but it's different because it's not really empty. It's based upon this fullness of being. And of all the callings in our life, I feel the divine commotion is not only the most important one, but it's also the one we fail most to heed, that we fail most to understand, because too many of us, we interpret this divine commotion, this silent aching to develop an inner life as an empty hole that we have to fill through exterior means. I know what I need to do. I need to build a greater status in my life. I know what I need to do. I need to work harder. We get caught up trying to, to fill this void buying more stuff or creating unhealthy habits, unhealthy eating, unhealthy drinking, unhealthy relationships, all to cover up the call. We don't do it on purpose, but that's what happens. And so that aching continues, and we start to feel a little more soulless in our life, a little less ourselves. The great Howard Thurman wrote, despite all the wanderings of our footsteps, despite all the ways by which we may have sought to circumvent the truth within us, despite all the weaknesses of spirit and of mind, despite all the blunders by which we may have isolated ourselves from our fellows or proven unworthy of the love, the trust, the confidence by which again and again our faltering lives are surrounded, despite all these things, it is good to remember that God has not left himself without a witness in our spirits and in our lives. The divine stands as witness in our spirit and in our lives. Two sure signs that it's time to heed the divine commotion. The first is then when you're engaged in your life and what seems to normally fulfill you doesn't fulfill you anymore. You know, I'm just going to go to my go-to uh, burrito enchilada combo at my favorite Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and yet I'm still starving. I know what I need, a vacation. I'm going to go to Vegas and everything seems fine, but something in me still aches. I love my life and the people around me and the things that I do, but something's missing. Something's missing. When something feels like it's missing from you, don't look first to the exterior, but realize that what is really missing is you. That greater expression of your beingness, of your soul, of your spirit. A second sign that it's time to heed the divine commotion is when your everyday work, your everyday way of being in the world, no longer seems to match up or be in alignment with your heart's passion, with who you're really here to be. And let me note, it may not be the work that's the issue. Again, it's that calling for a fuller expression of who you are. It's coming forward, this call, because we're focused too much on the exterior. Your soul does not care how much money you make. 
your soul does not care about your outward accomplishments or what other people think about you. Your soul doesn't care if you think you look attractive or unattractive today. Your soul cares that you're living in alignment with the real ground and truth of your being and seeking to bring it in to all that you do. This recognition that the exterior of life isn't doing it leads in something in every faith tradition called asceticism. The practice of letting go of all material wealth and good and happenings to focus on an interior life. Even in Catholicism, it's a spiritual thing of practicing poverty. And so my message to you today is that you don't have to give up your bank account. You don't have to give away all your money, but if it feels good, you can give it to the church. (laughs) You don't have to give up your relationships. You don't have to cancel your Netflix account. But to truly live a whole life, to truly feel that you are one with something meaningful, that you're here for a reason, you have to answer the divine commotion. You have to listen for it. You have to make room for it. You have to dive into it. And then you realize the greatest gifts of life, you don't have to give yourself. It's already been given. You just have to prepare yourself to receive and practice it. Some ways that we can heed and create space for the divine commotion. The first, declare the space. Declare the space. How many people have a a meditation room or, or a sacred space to them that they can go to in their homes? It's a wonderful thing to be able to have to say that this space is only for my spirit. It's not for anything else. It's not for being on my cell phone. It's not for watching TV. It's not for making plans. It's a space where I recognize and declare that the sacred is present here and I'm present to receive and experience it. The great Joseph Campbell said of sacred space, he said a sacred space is any space that is set apart from the usual context of life. Sacred space has no function in the way of earning a living or reputation. Practical use is not the dominant feature of anything in the space. You do not have anything in your sacred space that's not of significance to you for the harmonization of your own life. In your sacred space, things are working in terms of your dynamic and not anybody else's. Your sacred space is where you can find yourself again and again. See, create that space where there's no influence on your life but your own energies, your own relationship with God. Now, notice I say declare a space for because some of us, we, we can't find that one place. <laughs> We've got to make it places. You know, I lost my meditation space when my baby, my baby was born. <laughs> so it's a travel. I see Chris and Heather back there with their beautiful baby. I, I don't know how many sacred spaces that you have. Uh, but besides your sacred teacher there that you're holding with you. But declaring a space, you can declare any space, even when you're in rush hour traffic. I know the space is sacred. I know the space is for God and I alone. I know the space is for us to connect. A great way, something to do, is to create an altar 
even a traveling altar. Here's mine coming up on the screen. Got my spirit guide, Gumby, there. Uh, Eeyore's there when I'm tempted to be a you-know-what to remind me to never underestimate the value of doing nothing. Uh, a beautiful gift for my son, Gavin, about family. And, uh, and of course, a Carl Jung action figure, which is a, a different sermon to explain. But if you, you squeeze his legs, it goes like this. And then uh, you can see this, the, the happy Buddha there in the picture behind you. So you can, you can create symbols that connect you with, with meaning, but declare the space. Next, find the time. Find the time. For many of us, we feel so busy that it may start with a half an hour on a Saturday to be in this space. But ideally, consistently, if you can get there every day, even if it's just for a moment, just a couple minutes, there's nothing more important than our willingness to make time for the timeless. Make time for the timeless, that eternal now that helps us connect with that inner spirit in grace. My favorite, and to me the most profound phrase in the, the Holy Bible is, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Recognize that it's not run rampant, and know that I am God. It's not be stressed and know that I am God. It's not tweet and know that I am God. It's not hold grudges and know that I am God. It's not be self-righteous and know that I am God. It's not distrust and know that I am God. It's be still. Be still. And know that I am God. The know in this context isn't a verb. It's the effect of being still and having nothing between your creator and you. But that inner knowing that takes care of itself. One of my favorite teachers of spiritual practices, the Buddhist teacher, Shunru Suzuki. Who says... While you are continuing this practice, week after week, year after year, your experience will become deeper and deeper. And your experience will cover everything you do in your everyday life. The most important thing is to forget all gaining ideas, all dualistic ideas. Then eventually you will resume your own true nature. That is to say, your own true nature resumes itself. How wonderful it is to know that our true nature is not something we have to force or manipulate into happening. It's not something we have to pretend to become. It's simply the state of allowing ourselves to be finally natural enough, to feel finally safe enough to get back into our authenticity that we see that the gift that we're looking for was always there, always giving of itself. We're just missing out on it. Find the time. Next, invoke your spirit. Invoke your spirit, not just in your sacred space, not just when you're finding the time, but, but, but all the time, especially in your, in your free time. 
have a homework assignment for you. I know it's Labor Day, so don't get mad at me, but something to, something to focus on this upcoming week. When you have your free time, and I know some of us have more than others of it, ask yourself, do I move towards activities that increase awareness and mindfulness, or do I curb towards those activities that help me feel like I'm escaping my life and numbing out? Do I utilize my free time to turn on or to turn off? Do I journal? Do I take a walk in nature? Do I engage people I love in meaningful conversations? Or do I start off with one bottle of wine to celebrate the day and then try to numb out? Do I get caught up in binge-watching a show I don't even really care about? Am I turning on or, or turning off? You know, earlier I was talking about this idea that we can find when we're only dependent on our exterior life that these things that used to bring us meaning and some sense of fulfillment, they, they, they lose their luster. Well, another aspect of that is we can begin to take for granted those activities that if we really did them wouldn't tire us out but add energy to us. That willingness to say, you know, I don't need to binge watch this next episode. I'm going to have a sincere and intimate conversation with my spouse. You know, um, I, I know I might not think I'm that interesting to journal, but you know, if I'm willing to do it, who knows what might come forth. Yes, I realize a walk in nature isn't going to help me accomplish anything on my to-do list, but it's going to reawaken my soul. We invoke our spirit when we let go of the dependency on the external life and begin to cultivate the eternal within us. That light, that love, that spark, which if any, again, if anything feels missing from your life, that's what it is. It's that essentialness of you. And when we bring it into our lives, great creativity happens. Great love happens. Great healing happens can happen. The fourth aspect of heeding the divine commotion is to create congruence. What I mean by this is you want to take that spirit that you've been awakened to, that sense of self that's returned to you, that nature that's resumed itself, and bring it back into your life. Bring it back into your relationships, bring it back into your work, Bring it back into all that you do and you begin to see the the power of your own light. You know, in our teaching, we believe that the spirit is perfect. That in the spirit, all is well. That in the spirit, there is an absolute wholeness. And yet we are not so naive to recognize that in everyday life, there are challenges and trials and turbulations that so many of us have gone through and are incredible people, not because of those things that have happened to you, but in spite of them. When we bring our light to our lives, we begin to do the divine's work. We begin to turn those dark moments into light. I love something that St. Francis said. He said, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish a single candle's flame. That candle flame is symbolic of the inner light in each of us when we're able to take something that's 
hurt us or challenged us and use it in a way to become a better person, to become a teacher, a healer, an inspirer of others. Just one small example of this today, someone who I really admire out there in pop culture is is Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler is also known as the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli, kind of get, hey. You know, maybe I admire him because he grew up like being the coolest guy in the world to me. You know, he can snap his fingers and make the jukebox turn on and Al Steiner, it's incredible. And now you see this this, uh, incredible loving man who's been a successful actor throughout his life uh, and uh, just won an Emmy last year. And he he says, "I, I live my life by two qualities, tenacity and gratitude. Tenacity and gratitude. Tenacity to keep me going forward and gratitude to keep me from getting angry along the way. (laughs) Tenacity and gratitude. And Winkler lived a very challenging life um, because he didn't realize until he was 31 years old when he took his son uh, for some testing that he himself uh, had, had lived his whole life not knowing he was severely dyslexic. He couldn't read and he had to hide that his whole entire life, he felt stupid. He felt not enough. He felt not worthy. He spent the majority of his high school years grounded by his parents, not knowing what was wrong with himself. Even when he got the role of the Fonz, he would struggle in script readings. He couldn't read the words, so he had to pretend and improvise. And when someone would point out, you're not reading the lines right, he would just say, I'm bringing the essence of the character. (laughs) But recognizing his challenge loving himself anyways, taking care of himself today. Not only is he a successful actor, he's a successful children's book author. The gentleman with severe dyslexia is a best-selling author, writing books for children to help them know their specialness and their power to overcome any obstacle that faces them. He shares of his experience, it gave me fight, It gave me understanding that it doesn't matter. There is not one road to get where you want to go. There is your road. Such an important aspect of bringing our spirit into our lives is not get concerned with what someone else's path is, but to blaze our own trail. It's not get concerned with what our next step is, but to trust in that spirit to guide us there to realize that the most creative tool in your life no one else can give you. It's simply the awakening of that inner spirit within you which can help transform and uplift this world all around you. One more sharing from Howard Thurman who shares, in many ways I am getting acquainted with myself. Always I seek a deeper understanding of my true self the very core of me. What I would be and am not yet reassures me. Through my innermost self, I find my way to God. I shall acquaint myself with him and be at peace. Declare yourself a space. Find that little bit of time for the timeless. Invoke your spirit and realizes that it will never take away, but only add to your vitality, your energy, and your life force. And be congruent. 
the greatest gift that you've been given of this life and this spirit, don't hide it away. Share it, apply it. And its promise for you is to be creative, unpredictable, yet to provide grace wherever you are and wherever you go. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.